You are getting sleepy, very sleepy. Your CPAP mask is clamped tightly to your face. Right, my darling? Yes, dear. You will not toss and turn through the whooshing. You will not throw the mask. You will not dislodge the hose and blast air all about the bedroom. You will not wake me, your loving husband, who yearns for even a single night of uninterrupted slumber. Please. It's not working, Harold. People who struggle with CPAP have partners who struggle too. Luckily, now there's Inspire. Inspire treats the root cause of sleep apnea inside your body. While you sleep, Inspire keeps your airway clear so you can breathe normally and rest comfortably. No mask, no hose, just sleep. When I snap my fingers, you will remember to visit inspiresleep.com to learn more. Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. Inspire is not for everyone. Talk to your doctor to see if it's right for you and review important safety information at inspiresleep.com. Hello, I'm Claire from Wild Ginger Running, the trail and ultra running YouTube channel. And this is the podcast version of my weekly live chat with an athlete, coach or other running expert. The link to the original film on YouTube is in the show notes. Check out my Instagram and YouTube channel for more training advice, inspiration and gear reviews. Everything is Wild Ginger Running and my blog is wildgingerrunning.co.uk. Support me on Patreon if you enjoy this free advice at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Enjoy this podcast and see you next week for more. Good evening and welcome to the Scotty Takeover of Wild Ginger Running. We hope you're well. How are we doing, Jen? Uh, yeah, all right. Okay, jolly good. <laughs> and it's a bit wet weather out there at the moment here in the UK, especially in the Peak District. The trails are no longer dry after some warm, well, not really warm, but dry weather we had. It's all changing and a bit windy and wet. And yet Sherlock's joined us tonight because he's so excited about our guest we have with us. One of my... Yeah, I, I'm a bit like Joe Meek. I don't have lots of heroes, but there's certain ultra runners who really inspire me, Jen. And when I first started ultra running back in 2008, there was this name popping up and doing some <laughs> crazy races. And even my coach, Karen hunter used to talk about um, Mimi Anderson. Yeah, I think we I've heard got, of that name. Yeah, <laughs> Mimi Anderson. Well, it's so exciting. I'm so kind of chuffed, especially as it kind of was International Women's Day this week. To have Mimi Anderson joining us this evening. Hello, Mimi. How are we doing? Hello. You're live now. Yes, you're here. Quick, put your wine to one side. That's a joke. No, usually I am drinking wine. Water tonight. I know, I thought I'd be good. Disappointed. We could have got the Pinot Grigio out. We could have celebrated the launch of your. That's um, good timing there, Sherlock. Um, Celebrating the launch of your book, which comes out tomorrow, I think. It does. It comes out tomorrow. I know. I have to say, I am so excited. I am really excited. A bit nervous because you never know what people are going to think about it. But um, you know, it's good. It's good to have positive negative feedback so yeah well you've got two people here who have been lucky enough to read your book and we've only got positive things to say about it so don't worry about that (laughs) have we shown the front sorry about that we just had that was really bad timing for (laughs) (laughs) delivery with Sherlock getting involved so sorry about that rather chaotic introduction Mimi (laughs) 
We try to be professional, but uh, <laughs> it never quite goes to plan. Yeah. Oh no, now I'm kind of making ourselves smaller, and it's not working very well. There we go. Excellent. So, have you done an introduction to bot No, not at all. We've just got. <laughs> And we've already got loads of people joining us live here on, on YouTube saying good evening. Hi, Phil. Hi, Pete. Um, hi, Meve. Hi, Chloe. Um, but yeah, so those maybe who are joining us, who have seen our post we put up about Mimi, you're quite got an illustrious running career, if we can call it that. Can we call it illustrious? You've done one or two. You haven't just done ultra marathons. You have kind of taken them a little bit to the extreme level. <laughs> Is that, is that? I thought it was quite normal at the time, but yeah, probably, yes. <laughs> I, I mean, my, my, myself as an ultramarathon runner, you know, I think of a, like a hundred mile race as, yeah, it's pretty, pretty big and e e extreme and think like the Grand Union Canal or ba Badwater, but especially like the Grand Union Canal. You, you did the Grand Union Canal, which is 146 miles, isn't it, from Birmingham to, to London? Yeah, Birmingham to Little Venice, 145 miles, yeah. Oh, 145. So yeah. I added an extra mile on there. I know. Um, <laughs> but, but then if it's I... Right. Mimi added an extra mile. <laughs> I was going to say, because then you like, oh, that's, not, that's quite easy, isn't it, running that? You know what? Had you left your car keys in Birmingham? Oh, no. Had you kind of suddenly gone, oh, I've left my wallet, I've left my phone in Birmingham? Because then you ran back. I did run back. And I, I actually, I, well, I ran from London to Birmingham and then back with the race. So um, I did it that way around. And I think, you know, if I was to do it, and I did it and it was fantastic. But I think um, that race is not easy. Absolutely <laughs> not. It was the, I think the third, third time I'd done it. So the first time I did it and, and I remember somebody said, it was my qualifier for Badwater. And somebody said to me, you know, Mimi, very few people get under 40 hours you know, for their, for their first one. I thought, right, 39, 39. I thought, right, you got that one, Mimi. So I got that. Um, and then I wanted to go and try and do the record. The record, I think, had stood for quite a long time. So I broke the record and did that in just over 28 hours. Um, so I think the double for me was, because I do like, at that stage, I was doing quite a, a few doubles. So yeah, it just seemed a logical step. I did ask Dick's permission. He knew I was doing it. Um, and he was very good and he gave me a place and it was, you know, it was fantastic running up there, absolutely poured with rain, but had loads of support and it was absolutely wonderful. And again, I had to do it in within the time constraints of the race, but running back, I was so chilled and relaxed. It was fantastic. The sun was shining. I was talking to people and chat. It was lovely. It's such a really nice race, but it's definitely not easy. No, <laughs> but, but then you've also done that on comrades. Spartathlon as well. So where did this kind of interest or fascination have been kind of like, yeah, rather than just, you know, it's, is it not that hard to do it once? I'll do it, do it twice. Where did that kind of, kind of come from? Where did that thinking tyrannise? Well, Oh, we've just lost Wi-Fi already. His fault, sir. Sorry, we, we, we just missed you there. We dropped out of Wi-Fi very briefly there. Sorry. No, 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 it was entirely my husband's fault. He, he, oh, he actually had no idea, that, yes, that it was his fault. Because I said to him, right, I'm going to go and do comrades yeah. in South Africa. And uh, he said, Mimi, you cannot go all the way to South Africa, spend all that money, 
for a 90k race. <laughs> I had no idea, you know, for him it was... Our broadband just dropped out there, annoyingly. So you said Tim was like, why are you going to do a 90k race? And then... Uh, yeah, frustratingly he, he said, for goodness sake, you, yeah, you, you cannot go that all that way and do a 90k race. So I thought, okay. So I did a bit of research, did a bit of Googling and discovered that two guys had, a few years previously, had actually done it. So they'd run the race and then joined the race and had run all the way back. But you have to do it within the time constraints of the race, which is 12 hours. So I thought, well, no female's done this before. Mm-hmm. Let's give it a go. And I'm very lucky. I have got some really good friends in South Africa who looked after me. And we set off from Durban. So I did the uproot first, um, which I think I did in nine hours, 50 or something. And, you know, when we got to the halfway point, they had music playing because they were setting it up. And so we sort of, you know, I'm not very good at this shimmy lark, shimmied (laughs) our way through and um, got to the finish. And I literally, so the finish and the start are in different places for the up and the down. So I then had to get from the finish of the up uh, run to the start of the down. And I had to be in my pen before, I think it was five o'clock or something. Otherwise, you get sent right to the back. Um, and then I ran back with the race. And, you know, running into that stadium at the finish was oh, indescribable. It was just the most wonderful feeling. I remember so we had about a, a kilometre to go. And I ended up running um, with this English woman. And so we were chatting away and she was having a bit of a bad time. And I said, so am I, so let's run this together. Come on, we can do this. <laughs> we got into that stadium and it just, you know, like a race and you're coming to it, it just picks you up, doesn't it? And just makes you feel fantastic. And I, I saw my friends there and I wanted to stop and give them a hug. And they were going, go, baby, go to go. <laughs> so I think I did that in, I don't know, 10 10.40 or something like that. But it didn't matter what the, the time was. I'd, I'd done it and it was just such a lovely feeling. So, yeah. So all my husband's fault. So, <laughs> and was it Tim's fault that you got into ultramarathon running to begin with then? No, I just, I blame that entirely on my girlfriends. Um, no, no <laughs> I, I started running in 1999 and I had no idea. I didn't even know about the marathon. Isn't that awful? I didn't know that marathon and half marathons and all these, you know, events that took place. And I certainly, because we didn't have Google in those days. It didn't exist. Uh, You know, you go on a forum and it was, you know, type of thing. And then you just have a line. And then, you know, it was just awful. Um, And I, I started running on a treadmill. Couldn't even do a mile. And then literally 18 months later, I was signed up and running on the start line of the Marathon des Sables. You know, to me, that seemed quite a logical step. Going <laughs> half to marathon to 200 but, 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 So why the marathon to Saab? Well, again, you know, there were very few races in the UK at that stage. I mean, really very, very few. And because there was no sort of internet as such, trying try to find out about races uh, was very difficult. And I didn't know anything about ultramarathons. I knew nothing about it at all. And this friend of mine who I did, I ran with came into the gym with a magazine. And she said, Mimi, I found our next race. And I thought she was joking. I thought, well, it could be a marathon or a half marathon or something. And I looked at these pictures and you saw blistered feet and people running through the desert. And I thought, oh, yes. <laughs> you know, so I was quite naive because to me, this was an adventure. You know, I was yeah. a mum of three kids and I just thought, actually, this is fab. It's, it's an adventure away from them. 
uh, well, just just something for myself. So I didn't think about the distance or, um, you know, actually you're running in this extreme heat and running through the desert. I did slightly closer to the time. And in those days, you had to send off by via the post. <laughs> With a check attached. Yeah, for your application form. I think it's ridiculous. Anyway, so you got... You still do for some of the far race, <laughs> the races around us. Yeah, who, would have, who would have thought that? He had to put... And then you sometimes write out an envelope with your address on the stamp to get the results from some races as well. It was like, trying to tell kids out today, they just won't believe you, hey? Um... <laughs> <laughs> so, so how old were you were, were your kids then when you signed up? For MDS, uh, my littlest was uh, six, six or seven, and my eldest was about twelve, thirteen. Um, so the older two were um, sort of, you know, a bit older. But uh, yeah. even so, it was quite difficult. I think sort of juggling, um, you know, sort of the holidays and my training and 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 everything else with with the sort of the family. But you know, there's always a way to manage it, isn't there? You can always do something. We didn't have running buggies, thank God, in those days. You know, <laughs> otherwise <laughs> you'd have a few world records with those. <laughs> I would have put my teenagers in a run, run buggy <laughs> if necessary, you know, if they were being stroppy. But, uh, yeah. so, so did you train specifically for MDS? Did you kind of like yeah. follow some schedule? Did you have a coach for it as well then? Or No. Um, again, there, were no, there was nothing. There was nothing available online or anywhere to how do you train for a stage race, ultramarathon. There was nothing out there. Thankfully, my lovely friend Louise, who is uh, part of our team, um, is very good at that sort of thing. So she put together a program, which actually, if you look at it now, compare it to the programs that are out there on, on Google now, absolutely spot on. And uh, yeah, so we increased our pack weight, we increased our sort of daily, dist- you know, our week- weekly distances. Um, yeah, it, it was a really good program, actually. It worked really well. We, we were lucky to go out to uh, Lanzarote to train. Uh, for a week the, the the guy at the gym gave us the weirdest look when we walked in because we were going out for the night and we'd made this appointment to just have a chat to him because we'd said you know we're doing this we just you know can you organize a few things for us and we walked in three women high heels makeup on ready to go out for the night and he looked at us and he completely wrote us all off and he just thought there is no way on earth these women are even gonna you know they're not even gonna survive the week in Lanzarote let alone out in the Sahara Desert. Thankfully, he actually ate his words by the end of the week. <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, I hope he's got a copy of your book now. <laughs> <laughs> and how, how did that first MDS go? Oh, gosh. It was, I wasn't very well, actually, <laughs> during the MDS. Yeah, oh, I no. picked up some sort of a, a virus or a bug. I don't know what it was at the beginning of the race. So it meant that anything that went inside me basically came out at either end. And yeah, really unpleasant actually. And so the only um, sort of calories that I was getting was my first sort of drink in the morning, which is about 300 calories. And that was it, because there was nothing else that I could li- literally just came out. So at the end of the third day, we came back into camp. I think we'd done 20 plus miles or something. And I collapsed. And I remember the medics coming over and they sort of said, right, you, right, we're going to put you in the car and take you to the medical tent. And I just went, absolutely not. I said, if I get into that car, that's it. It's my race over. And I thought, God, I can't, I can't do this. And they said, you are allowed to get into this vehicle to be taken to the medical tent. I mean, that took about half an hour for them to persuade me that it was all right. And I had five IV drips, five bags of IV drip. Yeah, five. I was that badly de- dehydrated. 
Um, it's like a gin and tonic. It's fab. You know, one minute you are literally <laughs> curled up in a ball, and then as it starts working, you're thinking, "What do you do?" We're ready to go. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and I then had to. I went back to my, you know, my bivouac, and I literally, um, I had about two hours sleep, if that. And the next morning, we did the the long stage of 54 miles. Um, and that that was really tough, actually, because we'd agreed as a team to do it as as in one sitting. And as we were coming up to the checkpoint, uh, it was dark at that stage. and We were going to stop and have something to eat and then continue through the night. And I remember seeing these lights of all the, the torches, you know, that of uh, all the other runners going off in the distance. I mean, it was spectacular, actually. You know, if you, if you look at it like that, it was just beautiful. And I was lagging behind my teammates and I had tears coming down my cheeks. I was feeling, I think, the worst I've ever felt in my life at that point. Physically, mentally, I was just in, I was in a rubbish place. And uh, one of my teammates came back and she just looked at me and she said, Mimi, think of all those people at home who think you're going to fail and walked off. And, do you know, harsh... But it just, it flicked something up there. And I just remember thinking, okay, Mimi, you came out here. It was an adventure. Now you've got to finish. You've got to dig deeper than you've ever dug. Dug, I don't think that's very good English, is it? In your entire <laughs> life. And you are going to get to that finish line. Um, and it wasn't easy. Um, and it pro wasn't very pleasant. Um, but I did get there. We, As a team, we got there. And I think that's, you know, teamwork was fantastic. Um, but I slept with my medal for a week. I was so excited. It was just fantastic, you know. And I came home and people genuinely hadn't thought, didn't think that I was going to complete it. You know, blonde, I'm grey now, but, you know, blonde bimbo. And you just think, well, you know, don't ever judge a book by its cover. Yeah. And so how long before you signed up to your next adventure? Because that sounds like that might put people off for, for life. <laughs> oh, Wait, no. what, 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 wanting more IVs again. Hey, I quite like having an IV if it's as good as a gin and tonic. <laughs> I'll only do races where there's an IV, IV. in the tent. Yeah. Sadly, I've never had another one since. So <laughs> I had to be careful because I could only do one big event a year uh, because of the, the, the children. Um, so I couldn't disappear every weekend and do marathons and stuff like that. But I did the trail walker. Um, I then did, there was a, another race. Rory Coleman was organizing loads of events at that stage. And he did a fantastic one, which was um, the Pennine Way 100, I think it was called. Um, but you had to navigate. And, and again, my husband said, laughed at me. He said, Mimi, for goodness sake, you can't navigate. I said, I can't. <laughs> He's ex-army, you see, so, you know, and I tried to get him to sort of teach me how to sort of, you know, map read. So I ended up going on a map reading course, you know, and went up to where, went to Wales and did that. I dragged him along too, and it was snowy and miserable. I thought, if I'm going to do this, so it's and, um, and I loved it because actually I could map read. And it's amazing when you're in a situation where it's, you know, you have to make that decision. You do think about it and you are much more logical. Um, and then the, the races just started appearing and being advertised and talked about. And, yeah, you meet people who talk about something. So, yeah. And then what led you then? Obviously, you know, Tim Blake can be blamed for the doubles. But then what about the, the world record on the treadmills? How did that come about? Oh, that, that was stupid, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> So this is a, are we talking about the seven day world record <laughs> being on a treadmill? No, 
Yeah. Um, we should have found Somebody it. tell you that you couldn't last a day on one. <laughs> no, I think I'm a great believer that you can't say you don't like something unless you actually try it first. <laughs> your, your, kids, your kids must have loved you at dinner time. <laughs> I know, you will have that. <laughs> Seven days straight. Until... Don't, like, don't like mushrooms. <laughs> have you tried it yet? Have you tried it? Yeah, that's another interview. My poor children, yes. No, they were great. It's not um, therapy. Yeah. We're not here for therapy anyway. This is not. <laughs> but no, and so that was literally, you know, it was there. And I was actually aiming for the mail records at the time. And I don't know whether that's changed, but the mail record was 517 miles. And I thought, well, you know, that's doable. I mean, everything's doable on paper, isn't it? And so I organized it. I, I was in a shopping center in, um, in Ashford and... Uh, yeah, it was a very comical uh, seven days. I broke my toe on the first day. I suddenly, you know, you're running along on the treadmill. And I'd done loads of training for it. You know, I'd been specifically training, obviously, for this event. And running. And suddenly I just thought, you know, that's really, really quite sore. And uh, so I had this lovely physio who, who came every day to give me a, a, a quick sort of once over. And looked at my friend and he said, actually, I think, Mimi, you need to stop. This is a, you know, it looks like a stress fracture. Um, and I thought, well, I can't stop now. You know, I've had all these people, you know, you've got the, 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 the treadmills, you've got everybody who's come and given their time because it has to be recorded and videoed and everything. And so I continued. So it meant I had to walk a lot of it. Um, I did have a mega, a mega temper tantrum at one stage and I had to just walk out to the shopping centre and just go like that and the people coming in and out it was just one of those moments you know you just think I just need to get away now and I went into the sort of just outside and I I did it quietly and I just like this and the the shoppers were coming in just giving me some really weird looks (laughs) I then got back on the treadmill and I said I'm fine now absolutely fine I just needed a quick breakdown and now I'm back on it. Now I'm back again. But, you know, I did it. Um, and so, you know, I didn't do it as much as I wanted to do it, but I still did it. And my certificate does say that I had uh, a broken toe. So, you know, actually. <laughs> he's still got the world record for doing it with a broken toe. <laughs> yes, you see, there we go. Excellent. I mean, but what, what were you thinking? Okay, on, let, me, let me finish this question. No, I don't mean, there's not a full stop there. Sorry, or a comma. There's, no, 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 no. I mean, when you're on the treadmill for that length of time... And you, you know, you're just looking maybe at the same screen. I don't know if you had a TV or a, what, you know, how, 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 how were you processing it? What were you saying in your mind? Were you, you know, I mean, I've tried running on a treadmill for half an hour and I find it incredibly <laughs> dull and boring. Um, so to doing it for days on end, what, what, what was going through your mind? What were you? Well, I'd sort of, I planned lots of things, actually. I thought, oh, well, I'm going to entertain myself. And so I'd, I'd sort of downloaded films, didn't watch one of them. Because actually, I just couldn't concentrate <laughs> on the film and and being yeah, it's film. not quite being on an aeroplane, is it? <laughs> oh, it's not the same, is it? You know, and then you, oh, then you've got to have your earphones in, and then of course people can't talk to you. I mean, it was just a nightmare. So I did. I listened to music. I found that I just needed to switch off every so often. And actually, the public were great because you know you would you would, I was entertained by the public. I mean, there was one gentleman who was standing outside, I think it was a sunglass shop, and uh, his wife was inside, and he just looked at me and went, oh, we're here again. He said, she's spending all this money, 
And I was just killing myself laughing because he was just chatting away to me. And so it's actually that is what kept me going. It was just it's general public and, the, you know, their generosity, their, you know, their, their humor, their, you know, just watching people eat. Love watching people eat, actually. It was just very interesting how people don't talk to each other. Um, and then in the evening when everybody had disappeared, you then get the acrobatics going on because it was in one of these um, tented villages, outlets, places. And so you get all the guys on the ropes doing the rope work and uh, they're mending the roof and they're doing bits and pieces. So, yeah, so if great. you want to do a treadmill world record, go for a public place. Don't do it in your garage. <laughs> 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 no, because that's so boring, isn't it? You know, and actually, you're not allowed to do it in your garage. <laughs> Excellent. And, and we've got a little bit of a discussion going on on YouTube at the moment. Yeah, on maybe our Bessie can't see this one. Uh, actually, <laughs> yeah, Sh- Shazen is kind of like actually looking fantastic. And uh, how old, he's asking that question. You should never ask a lady, Shazen. Come on, it's not. But but John Aries kind of said that you're supposedly, <clears throat> but. We, we, we shan't we shan't say how old you are we don't There's need speculation to about your age and if you're happy to disclose it maybe then please I'm, do I'm, i think do you know i've lost count actually but i think <laughs> i think i'm 50, i'm either 58 or 59 this year do well you know, john I, thinks I you're 59 so he might know <laughs> no there you go i'm 59 it's not scary i get i and am i right in thinking that you didn't start running like when you said you started on a treadmill like until you were in your mid-30s yeah and I didn't uh, I didn't come from a running background at all I mean literally at all um I did sport at school no I just wanted thinner legs total vanity total vanity um and my legs you know I mean they do change a little bit with running don't they you know your body does change a little bit but uh thinner legs not really that didn't work but I, I got to you know if you don't try something, you're never going to find out if you actually enjoy it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and you've kind of every. It seemed like so far, we've, everything we've talked about, you've kind of set your mind to something, and no matter how tough it was, you've succeeded. And we'll come on to your America adventure soon. But until that point, was there anything that you tried and had to DNF or had to just give up on? Yeah, I mean a few races um but i think that the 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 worst one was actually was when i tried to do um the jog for the first time so i did that uh in the for the first time in 2007 and i sort of i started from uh land's end at that point and i sort of got and i I didn't organize it all properly but anyway that's beside the point but when i got to about 200 miles um my hip gave out and I could barely walk. And, you know, we went and saw a, um, a physio. And I remember it was absolutely bucketing down outside. And she did a treatment on things on me and then said, right, right, come on, now we're going to go. And I want to see you uh, run outside before, you know, you go any further. Uh, I couldn't even walk. You know, it was, it was that bad. And, you know, so I knew at that stage, I mean, you know, that I wasn't going to do it. But it still took me quite a long time to get into the car. You know, I thought, God, you know, I've only done 200 miles. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so this is, for anybody who doesn't know, running from Land's End to John O'Groats, which is, is about 840 miles in total. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, when you set yourself that goal, but actually, you know, the great thing, we all bang on about failure, don't we? But actually, failure is a great way to learn. 
and for me so I went home I mean I have to say I was distraught we we had a friend who lived very close and we went and stayed with them and I mean I drank quite a lot of wine that night uh, because I was just you know, I was feeling very sorry for myself and actually her daughter uh, my Tim's uh, goddaughter turned around to me and just said well just give it another go Mimi you know just as you do um, so I went home and I, I thought about it all and I thought, well, actually, you know, the training had been all right. Um, I sorted my hip out. That, that, that wasn't too much of an issue. But what else can I work out? And I, actually, I needed a better, you know, I needed to have more crew. I needed to organize everything slightly better. But this time I went from John O'Groats. So the following year, I went from John O'Groats down to Land's End um, because I didn't want to try and replicate what I'd done before and actually I think you know going north to I'm a Scot so going north to south is you know fab you've got to you've got to start in Scotland really haven't you <laughs> and I always think joggle sounds better what that's going you know, back again <laughs> yeah no not, <laughs> <laughs> not though. but you know so I think you know I, I think I have had failures, absolutely, and that's fine. But you learn from them, and then you can go back and you can you can do them. The same with my double Spartathlon. Failed the first time I did it um, because I did the race first, then was going to run back, um, and I didn't complete the race. So again, you learn. So it's 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 all positive rather than negative. Definitely, yeah. It's such a better way of looking at it, isn't it? Uh, apologies to those who are listening. John Airy have commented about uh, Sam having Darth Vader in the room. It's Sherlock in front of us snoring away, and we have a mic kind of just on the table in front of us, and it it picks up his snoring very well. So if you are listening, it's not me and Jen aren't zoning out in between when, when we're talking. <laughs> it, it is the beagle last week he sat in his own chair but tonight he decided to join us because he knows it's Mimi Anderson yeah brilliant so so you did the joggle you've done all these amazing things and then you decide so let's head on to the, your book which comes out tomorrow isn't it which is very exciting well yeah, we can put I, up I, I, I've got a, we can put a little cover a up as well yeah no. we've got a picture as well um, which is your adventure of doing the race well, well there's the race isn't there but there's also the personal challenge of yeah. racing across america isn't it running across america so from los angeles to to new york so when did this so you've done the jogger you've done some other kind of little crazy double races and bits and pieces and running across countries seems to be a theme as mm. well so, so when did this <laughs> when, when when did this kind of route and race kind of come into your mindset and thinking actually this could be something i could have a go at Oh, it, 2000, I think it was 2011, and I was watching James Adams run across um, America um, as part of sort of a race, and I was following his blog, and, you know, I remember when Gemma came out, and then she had to go away again, and then she came back, and, you know, his diarrhea, and, you know, all of that, um, and I just, and he did it, you know, the beginning of a hurricane was coming or something, but he, he still did this, and I just remember thinking, how amazing to start on the west coast of this, you know, the third largest continent in the world and run all the way into New York. And um, so that's when it started. And, and also, I've always wanted to go to New York and Tim will never take me there. It's my husband again. Um, <laughs> so I was, <laughs> almost feels like couples therapy, doesn't it? But without being in couple, without the couples there. <laughs> 
we've been married for 36 so, so, years, so we're, 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 quite, we're all right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he would never take me to New York. So I said, well, if the only way I'm going to get there is I'm going to have to run oh, yeah. it. I'm going to have to um, run it. Yeah. What about New York Marathon? Surely that would be a more kind of shorter, easier kind of, oh, I've entered this marathon. Yeah, but you diet. can't go all that way just for a 26-mile race, true. can you? Yeah, yeah, two point <laughs> yeah, He's just going to do a marathon. So, yeah, so that's where it started. And I think actually from a, um, an ultra-running point of view, from, you know, I, I'm, I'm probably technically, I love trail racing, running and things, but I'm, I'm probably more of a roadie than, mm-hmm. than a, a trail runner. And so for me, that was, you know, the ultimate running goal was running across America. And the record hadn't been touched since 1979, I think, when this lovely um, South African lady, Mavis Hutchinson, um, did it. And I had an email from her and it was just lovely, actually. And she did it from Los Angeles to New York, which is why I chose those two um, cities. So, um, you know, the um, the Americans, I'll try, I'll try not to say anything too rude here, but the uh, Americans call it the... Um, the wanker's route. Am I allowed to say that? You, <laughs> you, you have. You're allowed to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I think in your book you called it the easy route. I thought it was That's editors for you, isn't it? Ooh, we don't have those editors. <laughs> Did they have that word in America? I didn't. I, didn't. I thought they. <laughs> I know. But, it's, but I chose it because that was the original route you know i mean i changed the route but those are the that was the original thing so for me that that was logical if i was going to break a record i wanted to go from la to new york so i literally got onto google and i put in los angeles city hall i did have to stop at george washington bridge otherwise it would take me via the ferry so you know (laughs) then had to wiggle across and then go to the city hall and um yeah so you're talking just under 3,000 miles. See, and, and how long was the build-up? So like you said, you learned from La Joggle, you know, the first time you learned from La Joggle, that you can't go into these events with kind of not very good preparation. You've really got prepared. You've got to get the good support crew and yeah. team. So what? So how long did it take to kind of then start preparing them for the kind of this challenge? Uh, well, initially it was two years. It ended up being actually three uh, so initially it was t- it was two, and um, you know you have to you have to get the the funding in place as well uh, because the, to do something like this is quite expensive, and uh, and I wanted to raise money for charities and stuff, but I wanted both to be completely separate, and uh, so it's that, and then you know the route planning actually is uh, when you're not in the country is quite difficult. You know, so it's all very well looking at Google and then, you know, tweaking quite a lot of it. And I was lucky enough to be able to go over to America, actually, and we drove the whole route. Um, but a lot of it was changed on the West Coast because you'd suddenly get somewhere and you it, it was going up, a, you know, up a mountain or going over trail or something. And there was absolutely no, you know, this is this is trying to be the fastest possible route. And, you know, my vehicles couldn't follow me. Um, so we did come across some quite weird and wonderful uh, and, people. And you also say in the book, for it to be a ratified record, that you have to have permission. You can't go through private land. You have to go, you know, it has to yeah. be, permission has to be sought, or it's like a public route, so that it's... And you have to avoid yeah. some of the busier highways as well, for safety. Yeah, so you, 
Yeah, so you can't, you, if you go on any private land, that's fine, but you have to get written permission. So we went through, actually on day two, we went through an Indian uh, reserve, and they have security guys on the gates, and, um, and they wouldn't, um, when we did the recce, they said, absolutely not, you can't go through. So we thought, oh, well, that's all right. So we tried, tried to find another route through, and it was just, it just ended up being really complicated. So when I got home, I contacted them, and actually they were great. Eventually, I, um, they responded, and they actually gave us a police escort through the <laughs> reservation, which was fab. And one of my crew members, Jan, who was a, sort of a policewoman, woman, she was in seventh heaven with that. She was chatting to every sheriff we came across, I tell you. Um, you know, so that was really nice. And then from in Arizona, we went from Kingsman to uh, Flagstaff, the quickest way is on the I-40. And on the I-40, you've got um, signs that say you can cycle. So I thought, well, if you can cycle, you must be able to run. So I contacted, because you've got to be careful about these things, I contacted uh, the police department there. And uh, they came back and said, oh, no, 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 you're not allowed to run on the I-40. Oh, God. So we had to wiggle our way around the I-40, which added on God knows how many miles. Um, but all cross-country. I mean, at one stage, I was literally, I say running, I wasn't running at this stage, I was staggering because it was all boulders. The path was actually following the line of a river. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and, and it was rattlesnake season, so loads of rattlesnakes around. I know, bless them. And my crew had said, don't worry, Mimi, we've got this one sorted. We, and they gave me a sharpie pen. And Perfect. Said, Perfect. I, Poke it in the ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I write. I write them a letter. I write them a strong worded letter. That will. So apparently, if I was going to be bitten by a rattlesnake, I had to. Now, bear in mind, I'd probably be in shock at this stage. I had to draw a circle around uh, the bite, so it could see how far it had spread, and then I had to put the time I was written. Uh, I was bitten. <laughs> Oh, how would be... you remember to do that anyway i thought i'll be a good girl i'll do that i wasn't bitten so i was absolutely fine but it just did make me laugh you know have you not seen true grit um <laughs> coen brothers no. film if you've not seen the coen brothers film go and watch true grit uh, i shan't give you anything away too much but anyway but we have we kind of We've, we've jumped quite a, a key section there. They're talking about bits, I and mean, there's fabulous bits about the route we could go and explore. But you said you're like you. So you went and went across America. You drove across it to get to know the route, and then you came back and you started training for um, doing the attempt in the September. But in the May, that was kind of scuppered, wasn't it? Yeah, that was yeah, that was difficult actually. So. I sort of. I noticed when I was in America, Tim said to me, every time you start running, Mimi, you've got a very slight limp initially on your right leg. Um, and it was always just a little little bit uncomfortable. And then it eased off and it was absolutely fine. And when I got back, uh, obviously the training then was picking up quite dramatically. And my right leg was getting more and more painful. <laughs> I had so much tape on me. And, you know, I'd go out for a run, start running. The tape wasn't working. So not working so I just I literally pulled it all off and said, put it back in my pocket I'm not happy about this um and then it got to the stage where I, I couldn't even run a mile and I had just announced it I think this was in June at some stage I just announced it to the world that I uh, was going to do this and I just realized that you know Mimi you can't run 
2,850 miles across America if you can't even run a mile. So I've been seeing my osteopath who'd been dealing with me and I'd had time off and we'd done this, but nothing had had worked. So I had an MRI scan and actually I had a a a quite badly torn meniscus. Um, So I then had to make that decision to have that dealt with because it was impacting everything. I couldn't straighten my leg properly. I couldn't do anything. So I had that meniscus sorted out and very frustrating not to be able to do it. I was really good because I thought, right, if you're going to do this run, Mimi, you are going to do this properly. You're going to do all your rehab absolutely to, to the book and better. And um, so I found this wonderful lady at Kent University uh, who had an Alter G treadmill. You know, you're literally, you can't fart. In well, that's what, yeah, I was going to say, that's what, you, you, you do say that in the book. It, it, it kind of made me smile. I, 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 you can't beat a good bit of fart humour, can you, personally? But there we go. Um, but, well, that's, that's right. but you can't because you open it up. Surely the smell of the feet as well. And there must be other odours as you unzip it afterwards. But it, well, so it, that's one of these... It literally lifts you up. So you get into this sort of, it's its like a pair of running shorts, but with this great big sort of, I don't know, big belt sumo wrestler thing that goes around. And that gets zipped into onto the treadmill. And so they can then alter the, um, hence the Alter-G, change the, sort of the treadmill so that I was began running at, I think I was at 60% body weight. And I was only allowed to run for a minute. So I'd walk for five run for a minute and then walk for five. I thought, God, this is going to take a another minute and a half, isn't it? But I was really good. And I wasn't allowed to run outside. Wasn't allowed to do anything outside. And then eventually I was allowed to go out and cycle. Uh, no, I had an elliptico bike, you know, the one that looks, mm-hmm. makes you look like a prancing pony. So she said, right, you can go out on that, Mimi, uh, for this weekend. If that's all right, then the following weekend you can do the same. And then if that's all right then we can start running outside. And um, you see, it was a long process plus lots of strength and conditioning and things. So yeah, so I, I did do it properly. My knee wasn't causing me any issues. The the consultant was happy. He knew what I was gonna do. You know, so everybody knew what I was gonna do because I know people are probably thinking, oh, she shouldn't have done it. It was a torn <laughs> meniscus, you know, it was just, you know. Um, so I, I did everything to the best of my ability. Um, and I had some fantastic help and support. So I was very lucky, actually. I'm guessing while that was going on, you were still dealing with the the preparations. Like, How did you break down such a huge route? Um, did you kind of have, well, just think of it as a series of days that you were going to be running or even less than that? Well, I think initially um, I set myself... I, I, I just set myself a target. So my target was... Um, well, I, t- I told everybody it was going to be 53 days, but actually I was going for 50. I thought if I did 53 days, I said 53, it would just give me a bit of leeway. And everybody, you know, so um, nobody would be sitting there going, oh, well, she's a bit late, isn't she? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I did. So that meant that I had to cover, you know, average 57 miles every day. I knew that the first day was going to be 60, 61 miles because you, I just wanted to get out of L.A., and LA is a massive, massive city. Um, so it took us that long to get out. Some days I go slightly over, other days I go very slightly sort of under, because it all depended really on where they could find parking spaces or play, safe places to uh, to park up. Because we had, you know, our RV, Monty, was 31 foot. Oh, she was, I mean, 
just what a fab machine. All these sides came out, you know. <laughs> Sometimes didn't go back in before you drove off. (laughs) Yeah, that was my husband. £2,000 worth of damage there. Bless him, you see. And I don't know why I take him on these trips. (laughs) And I I was just going to say, he must have felt like a film star being in such a big RV. But no, you'd have to get the story in about the awning coming off. Excellent. That's it. Have a dig at us, men. Why not? (laughs) But you also had um, two cars as well, didn't you? You had. But there's also a film. Was it? A film crew you talk about in the book as well, following yeah, scrumptious, you. Yeah, scrumptious productions. So uh, they they basically sort of uh, they were completely separate from us. So but they were filming uh, the attempt. They'd come out during the recce as well, which is really nice. And uh, yeah, there are various of. I mean, you know, Carol is just she just so makes me laugh. She's got this wonderful. Uh, sort of Glaswegian accent, which I mean I can now understand, but actually when you're an American and she talks really, 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 really fast. They don't understand a word she's saying. It's just so funny. Anyway, they were great. They were really good and very helpful. You know, there were certain times when my crew had gone on because they'd seen me and they'd gone on and the heavens just opened. And, you know, I had no choice but to carry on running because I can't stop. Um, And then suddenly the film crew arrive in their RV and they save the day by, you know, giving me more leggings and another another shirt or something like that. So, yeah, it it was a good partnership, actually, with everybody. It worked. I love the um, the story that when you first got there, you um, actually wrecked (laughs) wrecked the first mile, was it? Just so you didn't run off in the wrong direction. (laughs) I like that's something that I'd probably do as well, because then you could just say, all right, okay, I'm okay with that. I know that. don't you because you suddenly think I mean I remember I mean I'd done it before you know I'd started at the city hall and I knew that bit and I'd, I'd gone over and over it in my head and I had a GPS with me so you know I knew that it, but I just said to the, I, I just need to get there and I just need to walk the first bit because I just need to know that I'm going in the right direction and not suddenly you know go off that way and then five minutes later sorry Max and comedy moment in a sitcom, hey? Yeah. <laughs> that you do not need the film crew. That, you, that is not the opening of a film you want, really, is it? That's not the glamorous. I know what I'm doing. So, take us through what the days were like, though. So, you had the RV, so you'd, 50, you said like between 55, 57 miles a day. So, what time was a day starting? And, you know, were you running all day? Were you stopping for lunch? Were you kind of doing, you know, I'm going to sit and sit down and yeah. have a cup of tea or something. Cup of tea. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, so, I mean, the crew were great, actually. So, you know, I literally, I ran. So the crew, I mean, they were absolutely fantastic. They did everything else. They prepared my meals, prepared the food, not just for me, but obviously for the crew as well. They had lots of things to do. So my kit was always put out the night before. I did miss that when I got home, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like all your races are just to kind of give yourself a break from all the cooking and laundry. It's like going on holiday. Um, it's a bit extreme. You can just you can just go for a week on the beach, maybe. I know. But, uh, yeah, so they would put all my kit out. I mean, they were really good. And they, they were the ones that had put everything away in the RV. Because, again, there's no point in me knowing where everything is because I didn't need to get it. Um, so it was important that they knew exactly where everything was. And they were like clockwork, actually. They were very good. So I would get up at 4, 4.30. I would have a sort of a smoothie, which um, Jan, I mean, Jan would usually, or somebody would get up at sort of, you know, half an hour before me and prepare all of that. So I'd have that. And the smoothie apparently is about 1,000 calories or something. 
um, because I just didn't want anything to eat, eat at that stage. So that was quite a good way of obviously getting the calories in and coffee. And I'd be out the door at five o'clock with a crew member, which is really nice, actually. And they would do anything from 10 miles to 20 miles, depending on what they would need to do um, in the RV or how they were feeling. And then I would usually do my bigger distance in the morning. So I'd do anything between 30, 32 miles in the morning. Um, And then I'd stop for 20 minutes, half an hour for lunch. Uh, And then I'd do the shorter distance in the afternoon. It's all psychological. You know, I just, to me, it was like, you know, you're running home. And in the morning, I would count up the miles. I didn't realize I was doing this, actually, until about two weeks in. So I was counting up the miles in the morning. And then in the evening, I was counting down the miles. And when I got to about 20 kilometers to go, I remember thinking, yes, yes, we haven't got very far to go. (laughs) (laughs) It seemed a manageable distance, you know. Um, I mean, I was moody and grumpy on several occasions, but uh, the the crew were really, really good, actually. They were fantastic. Especially squeaky shoes. You were quite grumpy about squeaky (laughs) shoes. See, now you brought up that one. (laughs) (laughs) That was Carol. Bless her. She she thought it was quite funny, thank goodness. But uh, yes, so Carol, the camera lady, she was running behind me, which she did on several occasions, and she was filming me, and, you know, I just learnt to ignore her. But on this particular day, I think I was feeling a little bit tetchy. I don't know. I was, and I, I try not to get grumpy, but every so often it just sort of <sighs> gets too much. And all I could hear was this stupid squeak. And it went on and on and on. And eventually I had to turn around to Carol and say, Carol, can you please stop running behind me or run a bit further away? Because all I can hear is the squeak of your shoe. Anyway, she did think that was quite funny. I did apologise uh, later on when, when I saw her. I said, that was so rude. I shouldn't have done that. She said, no, maybe that was fine. She herself a new pair of trainers. So that was great. Yeah. So, so you, I mean, how did it? So you stopped for lunch or you had your half an hour break or whatever. Yeah. Um, maybe a cup of tea. We know, well, you know, Damien Hall loves well, his they, tea. So they, I don't know they, if you were... Yeah. Uh, uh, I'd have something because it was hot so I'd have a fizzy drink or water or something it was it was uh, I never had uh, I don't think, well I think I would have a coffee but I it was usually something cold because I was really really thirsty because it was very hot and how were the legs when you started back did you kind of was it always that like oh here we go again I'm off again okay. or was it kind of initially for the first week or something it was sort of all right but then actually you can see it's very funny if you watch some some, some of the videos you see me going off and i think oh my god i look like an old woman you know i mean i know i am thank you. But, uh, uh, but yes the legs take a bit of time to sort of warm up but i think there's a positive because you think actually now i'm getting to the end of the day you know i'm now yeah. going towards the end of the day um and again the crew were fantastic because the two cars that i had uh, which were given to me by VW America, actually. They were really good. Oh, get um, that one in there. Get that I there. Actually, <laughs> I'll be listening to this, or it doesn't really matter anymore because I'm not sponsored by them. But, <laughs> no, but, but from a money point of view, that makes a massive difference to not have to hire cars. So that's VW America. VW <laughs> 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 America. I mentioned the others, no. And, um, <laughs> so one of the cars would then come. So I'd set off sometimes with a crew member, usually by myself. And, um, and then the, the car would then overtake me because they knew that they were going to meet me at four or five miles, whatever it was. So they had time to finish their lunch and just sort because they needed to chill. They needed downtime. Um, yeah, how, how, it was how, their honeymoon for some of you crew, wasn't it? I know, isn't that romantic? <laughs> okay. And as soon 
share a bed. I mean, honestly. <laughs> well, of course you get the main cabin there. <laughs> how, how often were the crew meeting? Were they meeting you kind of regular intervals? Did you have kind of set, like, I want you to meet me this interstate, as they call it, in, or section or something like that, isn't it? Or did you like that lay-by? That <laughs> lay-by. Crossing, <laughs> or that petrol station. Like, meet me there. Yeah. Well, yeah. they they well they would usually so in the morning it was slightly longer so the first one it was usually about I don't know ten k for six miles or whatever, um, but after that and again especially when it was really really hot it was you it was around four or five miles that they would meet me sometimes it would be even more when it was really really hot in in California it became very very hot so they actually would meet me more often just to change my water actually and make sure that I was eating and stuff. Um, yeah, no, they I mean, were they were very good actually, and God, I mean, it's so boring being a crew member. I don't you know, know it didn't sound boring with all the disasters and <laughs> rescues that happened in the book. I don't want to give away all the stories, but there seemed to be something every day. <laughs> oh yes, no, we had everything, and you know, it's because they were doing their exercises. I mean, I would turn up, and you imagine, you know, these guys driving along the road, and there, you know, there you've got this car with all these funny logos on. And then you've got two members of crew in these sort of high-vis jackets doing sort of, you know, burpees and squats and, you know, doing everything else like that. Or trying to get the car out of the mud or all the other. Or the breaking bad. Yeah, yeah away from the crystal meth. <laughs> factory. <laughs> I mean, it's just the whole thing. You know, weirdos who, who followed me and, you know, I mean, just, we did have everything. Um, tarantulas get... crossing the road as well can I just say they were the male tarantulas how stupid <laughs> is that because it was the mating season so they were after the females the females stay put the men go after the what you see wow look at mate Jay that's just <laughs> sums it all yeah. up doesn't it it's all in one little kind of anecdotal story of what life's really like <laughs> Yeah, no, so that was great. And tortoises. I rescued a tortoise on one occasion. But it was, uh, oh, no, it was, it, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't easy, actually, at all. It wasn't easy. But there were moments when, actually, it was, you know, just quite funny. And, and were you, you able to get much sleep? Well, yeah, oh, yeah, looking back on <laughs> Were you able to get much sleep? Because what time were you finishing then? So you do that sort, shorter kind of afternoon section. And what time are you normally get? What time back? did you clock off? <laughs> Well, it varied, actually. I mean, usually, I mean, the first day, I think it was around six o'clock. And of course, it got longer and longer. I think the latest day that I came in was 10. And that's when I was in Arizona doing the cross country bit. Um, but actually, sleep wise, I sort of was all right, if I'd been able to go to sleep, because I just, you know, I mean, like any race, isn't it? You do, you know, you go out and do a 50 mile, you do, uh, you know, 100 miles, you come home, and, you know, you think, oh, that's fantastic. You know, that run went really well, feeling really good, feeling positive. You get into bed, okay, wide awake, the legs are twitching, everything is sort of going, and, and the crew are snoring, and you're just thinking, shall we just go to sleep now or can't sheep? You know, you can't sheep, they then start going backwards. I mean, nothing is working. Um, so the, it, it took me, I would sleep into two-hour shifts, and then when Tim came and joined the crew, <laughs> poor man, he was snoring away and the first night just belted him. Will you shut up? I tried to go to sleep. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry, I do that to Marcus and I'm not even in a world record attempt. <laughs> so, so anyway, but it was, yeah, sleeping actually I found, I did find, you would have thought it'd be easy, wouldn't you? You'd be absolutely knackered by the time you got back and... Um, uh, yeah, I found it really difficult, actually. Um, I, I think the nicest thing was, was the physios would, 
uh, I'd have my so the tops of my legs massaged while I was having my main course, and then I'd turn over and have my pudding, um, and they would be massaging the backs of my legs. But they'd always finish by doing my feet, having my feet massaged. Oh, that to me is like going to a spa. <laughs> yeah, you just... said that you had some really nice foot cream that they were putting oh, on. Yes. yes, it's called cow something. I've still got it. It's a cow shed, I think. Yes, that is. <laughs> we need to get them for the sponsors. Come on, Forget you're, them. Yeah, yeah, you're missing that sponsor trick there. Anyway. I, know, I think I've had some of that in the past. Oh, cow right. shed for your feet, everybody, <laughs> as used by Mimi Anderson. Yeah. It was just heaven, and you know that. That moment when you're just you're just nodding off and you just think, oh, it's just oh, it's just lovely. And it's you forget lovely. you've got to get up and do it all again the next day yeah. just for that moment. <laughs> yeah. But how, how? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, some amazing story. I, I, I kind of love when Tim nearly got arrested as well with his <laughs> beard, kind of thinking he's going to break into a house at some point. That I mean, moment. I mean. Don't worry about yourself, that poor woman. Um, but does. In the same time, there's another American lady sets yeah. out kind of three days after you. Is, is it three days after you? She's three did, or four. I can't remember. Yes, three Sandra. Or four. And she, Sandra. she got the record. She did it. So in she got the record days. because, unfortunately yeah. for you, at day 40, it really kind of goes all horribly wrong, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It had sort of been, my leg had been getting, uh, my right leg had been getting worse and worse. And, um, you know, the pain was manageable up to a point and on the 40th day I mean I, I had to go and see a chiropractor um and thing and he was great he he sorted my back out because I was sort of you know running around like that and that made a massive difference you know the next day I went out and ran 58 miles you know I thought yes we're back and you know it's fine and then the following day I, I could barely walk I mean, literally, could barely walk. And, I think I, I think um, I've got found a, a picture of my kind of trying to find some photos of you um, with your leg heavily taped up. Yeah, you've got a little bit of a wonky eight here. I think you've got pink hats <laughs> yeah. on and a lot of pink tape, and yeah, it's definitely um, a lead. That, a, a bit of a lean, yeah. Your <laughs> your right knee is I'm not kind sure of, we can a even nice swelling on the inside up. of a knee. Um, and it's very it's, medial. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's awful, and it's just, and, and I did have to, I mean, it sounds really dark, I had to really concentrate to, you know, to run forward, because I thought if I, if I didn't concentrate, then I was going to fall over. Um, anyway, on, on the 40th day, it, it became so painful, and, um, and Jenny, who's my head crew, she said, right, Mimi, just keep going, because obviously you can't just stop, you've got to find somewhere safe for the RV, you've got to stake out, um, because the plan was just to go to the hospital and have an MRI scan. Um, so I got to 16 miles, we staked out, all recorded, done properly, went to the hospital, and I actually couldn't have my scan till the next day. And anyway, when we got the results from that, it, was, it wasn't good. You know, I had bone edema, so that badly bruised bones, obviously above and below the knee, and I had no cartilage on the sort of outside of my knee at all, which is what the pain was. And I've tried to really hard, I've tried to find a way of describing that pain. Um, because, you know, I'm sure people would think, well, you know, I would have carried on, I would have done this, you know, she could have just, you know, dug deeper, she could have, it was an excruciating pain, absolutely excruciating. And the, I mean, I just wanted to, I mean, I was, I just thought, well, somebody, you know, give me this magic injection or a pill or a 
anything and then I can continue. So Magic bit of tape. <laughs> just everything to sort of, you know, get me, get me going again. But, you know, he said that if we said to my husband, actually, you know, if Mimi continues, you know, she'll the chance I should get multiple stress fractures in her leg because of the, the, the bruising to the bone. And the chances are pretty high that she will go home um, in a wheelchair and have to have a sort of a total knee replacement. Um, but even knowing all of that, it still took me over an hour to make that decision to stop. You know, it's the, <laughs> I, I'd, I'd sort of put three years of my life into this. Three years, that's what I focused on, everything I focused on, and suddenly, poof, all gone. And so, but, you know, this wasn't just about me, it was also my crew. You know, they put all their time and effort um, into supporting me, and there was I giving up, and it was really hard. And I wasn't giving up, I, I had no choice, actually. And, and I, still, I still think it was the right decision, um, you know, when you're feeling, you know, when you look back on stuff and you just think, oh, no, I should have carried on. I, should, oh, I, couldn't, I couldn't even walk. I mean, I couldn't <laughs> even walk. I looked like shit. Uh, my knee was sort of doing a sort of a, you know, a triangle. Yeah. I mean, it just, it was absolutely the right decision, but it was, it was heartbreaking. And for me, I think that's, that's the only time that I really, really felt like a failure because I thought, what can I learn from this? You know, when I had time to think about that to actually turn it into a positive. Um, and I did feel totally and utterly ashamed of myself because I hadn't succeeded. And um, I did want to hide away. Yeah, I, I found that really, really tough, actually. Um, and at that point, that's when I wished that I didn't have the world watching me. I oh remember watching you at that, you know, we were following on social media as you were running across, weren't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it was heartbreaking to, to watch it all, all unfolding as think, well. Yeah, because we were getting updates when you were seeing the specialist and having the scan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jenny was very good. Uh, you know, she kept everybody up to date as to, to what was going on. But actually, when we did the final um, update, we, we did wait a little bit. I just needed... I mean, everybody knew that I probably stopped at that stage because, you know, nothing was, was happening. But uh, I just needed a bit of space. I think they did, actually, to be fair. You know, quite difficult for them as well. Um, so, yeah, they, they, were, they were extraordinary. Um, they really were. So I think difficult for everybody. And, and, and how long, so how long did that, that feeling and that emotion of, of, of failure last for? How long was that, that rawness month, there? Months. Uh, just months and months. Um, I mean, even now, actually, sometimes when I'm sort of interviewed and things, I, I just, it, I just cry um, because it's, you know, I can never go back and do that again. Um, I know I wasn't a failure. You know, I did, I, I did achieve something quite extraordinary doing mm. what I did. Um, I did have the most, you know, nothing else. I did have the most fantastic adventure. I mean, you know, I really did. And I ran 2,215.24 miles. That took me such a long time that I had to, you know. That was the longest bit of the whole section. <laughs> exactly, on the last day. But it was, you know, and I, if only my body could have held out for 13 more days, but it couldn't. And it is what it is. I didn't succeed. You know, it probably, you know, it's not the biggest epic failure in the entire world. But, uh, yeah, I did. It took me a long time to come to terms with it, actually. And um, I struggled because suddenly my, who I was, 
disappeared. You know, I was a runner. And to a certain extent, even now, actually, funnily enough, you know, I feel a bit of a fraud because I think, well, I'm, I don't go out and run anymore, but uh, I do little bits now. It's quite exciting. Um, but, yeah, it took me quite a long time. And I was going, I, you know, I don't, I'm very lucky I've never suffered from depression or um, things like that. So, But I think that was the closest that I, I've ever got to feeling as if I had depression. Um, and I had to somehow get myself out of it. And I, I remember reading... I Googled, I was writing a, <laughs> I was writing a blog and uh, I Googled black holes. And I think that Stephen Hawkins has said, you know, if you ever find yourself going into a black hole, you know, if there's a way in, there is always a way out. And I just thought, right, Mimi, now we have to find the way out of this black hole. And that was sort of the turning point for me. Um, and then I had a lovely chat with Mark Cobain, loved Mark Cobain. He was, you know, I knew if I talked to him, he would say it as it is. There wouldn't be fuffy pink clouds going, but you'll run again, you'll do this. He would, you know, spade to spade. Um, and he then suggested that I did uh, ride across Britain. So <laughs> cycle from Land's End to John O'Groats uh, in this event. I hadn't even got a civil road bike at that stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's a typical, isn't it? Kind of, yeah. That, like, bit of all, all of it. I mean, and that, but what time scale are, are we talking about here? From that coming back from America um, to then kind of reading that fantastic quote by Stephen Hawkins and then going, right, I need to turn this round. So, you know. Quite a long time, a few months, several months. I mean, I, um, I couldn't do, I mean, we, we came back from America at some stage in October, sort of, you know, because we did stay out there for a couple of weeks or something, or a week and a half, I can't remember actually now, it's all a bit of a blur, um, because I just didn't want to come home. Um, I just didn't want to face everybody so I, I sort of did that and so when I got home um, I mean I wasn't in a good state to do anything I mean I spent most of my time <laughs> sleeping or trying to recover and um, yeah my osteopath said to me well you can't do any exercise not that I wanted to um, until you put some weight on because you know as soon as you start exercising again your, your, your muscles are just going to be eaten up and things um, so I didn't start I mean I didn't run until probably April and even then, that, I mean, that was, I was so nervous about that, so nervous about that. Um, but I started doing a bit of cycling. I was allowed to do um, some cycling um, at the gym, but very, very no resistance at all. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a few months before I did anything. And then the Land's End thing wasn't until September. It was, so yeah, so that was enough time. Yeah, so you suddenly went, yeah, kind of embraced this long distance cycling where most people might go, well, I'm just going to maybe cycle around my local town a little bit. But yeah, you went from doing the RAB, so roundabout. Yeah. <laughs> and I had, to, I had to look up RAB because I, I know RAB is an outdoor clothing. I was like, oh. um, <laughs> <I had> to, <laughs> exactly, yes. Um, read out. But then, you, like, as if that's not enough, you kind of go, how far? Oh, look, we've lost Wi-Fi again. Oh, sorry, we're back now. Sorry, we just lost Wi-Fi a little bit. But you kind okay. of go, oh, I've just kind of ridden, you know, around uh, Britain. Where, where, where can I go next? And, yeah, it's almost, I don't know, as a parent, I tell you, you've almost got ants in your pants. This kind of... You... Well, I just, it's the adventures, isn't it? I just miss, I mean, I think with the cycling, it's funny. I'm, I'm sort of not quite so confident with the cycling because... Um, you know, it's not just me. It's it's my bike. I mean, all my bikes have names. So you know, pedals. Um, <laughs> I, I did the 
I thought that was such a good name. She's she's a gravel bike, so she's called Pebbles. That was my friend uh, Paul who came up with that name. Um, and now I've got Sylvia and I've got Mavis and things. But it's sort of. <laughs> Brilliant. Love that, Sylvia. Yeah. Gonna go and ride Sylvia for the afternoon. But anyway, that's great. But I think you know. So when you go out cycling and stuff, it's um, it's not just me. You have to think about it. it's you know if some something goes wrong with the bike. I, you know, you get a, a punch or you, you know, brakes go or you do something, you just think, oh my God, how do I do that? So, you know, you do go into a little bit of a unsure, uh, I mean, I can change a sort of a tire and, and things like that. And, you know, if I get really stuck, I can, I can do things, you know, so I carry all this stuff with me when I go away. No idea how to use it. Great. You know, extra chain links. No idea how to put it on. <laughs> I'd have to get my phone out and Google it. I mean, Google, get on YouTube. Get on YouTube. Exactly, you know. But yeah, I cycled the Pacific Coast Highway with a, with a friend. And it's just really nice doing it with a friend, with somebody, I think. I, I'm not particularly, I don't necessarily want to go off and do them on my own. I think it's really nice to share adventures and experiences with other people. So yeah, and that was, oh, fab. Loved it. Really enjoyed it. And, and then like, as if, it's almost like reading the book there's definitely a level of catharticism that you're trying to you know deal with the fallout from being unsuccessful running across america so you then discover cycling but then you've got one other challenge that you need to kind of deal with yeah like <laughs> dancing <laughs> done a bit of dancing um, it's working um you just you kind of go right i've got this fear of of open water swimming and swimming i'm gonna go and try some swimming do you think that's because of the failure from what happened in america or is this just trying to find like you say new adventures um and where could this possibly take me to well i think a little bit of a a mixture um i mean i think for me my my sort of my thinking actually if i'm going to be totally honest i thought well if i'm going away on holiday you know, you have to think about these things. And, you know, I, taking a bike is a nightmare. And I know that he who must be obeyed would probably get me can't take my bike with you. I'll just hire one out there or something. <laughs> um, then then I have to be able to swim, you know. And and I, I, I was happy to get into, into a, a pool or something, but my head was firmly above the water. <laughs> and, you know, my kids when I was younger, or when they were younger, used to splash me and try and dunk me. I used to get really stressed with that. I mean, really stressed. And, and you know, they get me under the water and I come up and I just want to kill them and of course I have to <laughs> just just like outside of this shopping mall after being on the yes, treadmill hey yes. ah, you know but they didn't know they had no idea so yeah so I thought right the only way I'm going to do this is if I put it out there so I put it out on on uh, Facebook actually and just said um you know this is what I'm going to do I'm going to learn how to swim and this lovely guy Kevin from the tri club sent me a message and he said I'll teach you how to swim so poor man I don't think he's got any idea what he's taking on and uh, he uh, I met him at the swimming pool and um, I didn't have a hat or anything I think I did have goggles but I didn't have a hat on so the hair was just going all over the place and he said right come on Mimi show me what you can do I went no 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 I can't do anything and I briefly explained my fear of of uh, open water and just water and things and putting my face in water. And so we literally started by blowing bubbles. Um, you know, and the first time I put my face in the water, it came very quickly back up again. <gasps> God, yeah, how do you think? See, I see Jen going in the cold water. And I'm just thinking, my God, how do you do that? I mean, you know, 
Um, so, yeah, yeah, but I, I did have to overcome a fear of water to get into that um, in kind of similar circumstances because my brother died. He drowned in cold water when he was 30. Oh. So kind of like you, I just avoided it. And then yeah. it was that slow, well, actually, I don't want this fear to control me. I don't want it to stop me. So like you, I was just dipping in and just stopping that connection between the yeah. fear and the water. So yeah. it's quite similar. And now I just, yeah, now I'm happy going in. <laughs> oh, I think, I mean, I watch you go in, I just say, I don't know how you do that. But anyway, that's... Uh, I think because um, I see it, I see it as a breathing exercise. Like, it yeah. is just about being in control. So um, I see it as a breathing exercise rather than a swimming one. <laughs> Whereas I, I see it as a complete and utter panic, you know. <laughs> So I'm still, I'm, I'm much better. And uh, Kevin was great. He taught me how to swim. So I then did my first triathlon, which is an, it was a pool based triathlon, which for me was a good way to start. Um, And I did it. And I actually won, I mean, it's a very small triathlon. Okay, here, but I did win my age group. So I was quite pleased with that complete shock and horror. So it just shows how small it was. And, um, but it was, yeah, it was, it, it was nice to learn a new skill. And I think, so this is where I can find the positives from not completing America um, is that actually if it hadn't have been for the fact that I, I didn't complete America and I had to stop, I would never have discovered cycling. I, you know, I would never have done it in the same way. And I certainly wouldn't have, wouldn't have overcome my fear of swimming. And, you know, this month I've got to get into the sea in cold water. Oh, I will be wearing a wetsuit. <laughs> that's another challenge. So I wouldn't be doing any of that had I still been running. So, yes, I miss my running. Um, and, I, you know, I'm still able to do very short, you know, 5Ks, 10Ks maximum, only sort of once or twice a week. But that's all right now. I don't mind that um, because I think... I have been lucky and I've still got something else. So you, you have to you have to look for a positive in something. It can't, otherwise, you're constantly sort of thinking, oh, I, I mean, I did used to, you know, be on my, my hybrid bike and I would, I'd be, you know, cycling down the road. I'd have my running kit on, on the bike, you see, with my helmet. And I'd be cycling down the road, you see, and I'd see a runner. So I'd slow right down to sort of chat to the runner. And then I, but I'd always wish that that was me. And, and I thought, Mimi, you've got to get over this. You can't constantly think, oh, I'd rather be doing that than this, because actually you can't. You're doing this, and you can't do that. Um, so again, I had to change my mindset. Yeah, because you describe in the last stages of, in the book about coming to terms with no longer being an ultra runner and having that identity yeah. a, 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 as, an, as an ultra runner. And yeah, I, I found that point very poignant you know, myself being an ultra and having run it for so many years and kind of reflected like what, how would that impact even myself? And yeah, it is amazing, isn't it? How we have these identities and what yeah. we're affiliated with. And then we never really kind of truly expect a situation or circumstance to arise where that could be taken away from us. But it is brilliant how you have, you know, gone from this, yeah, horrible failure to kind of seeing the, seeing the positive. And, it, and it's just really heartwarming. I mean, it's so encouraging. To, to hear that you know how you've bounced back and you know someone who has myself suffered with depression you know I, I wonder yeah. what whole black hole I would have ended up in but it's great you kind of have got such a positive outlook on life and all situations you know whatever comes across you're able to just you know not see that negative but kind of draw the positive out of it and then and then move on so what's 
Uh, I said we'll only be chatting you for an hour when we first. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> we sorry, first... we're completely over. <laughs> I think we've still got some people with us on on, on the uh, on well, Yeah, we've had we've some got... really lovely comments about um, how strong you are, and can you just read up now? There was one about your positive mindset. Um, yeah, Jane says that she's really looking forward to your book. You are so amazing and have such a positive mindset and a can-do attitude. Amazing achievements. Oh, that's that's lovely. Thank you. <laughs> no, you know, it is, it's lovely to know. It is, you know, it's sort of... Yeah, it's lovely. But, I mean, but, I mean... Sure. But, I mean, this is why I've always been inspired by you because I've always seen you as somebody who's got such a positive whenever I've seen interviews of you or read into articles about you you've done these crazy double ultramarathons but you do have such an amazing kind of positive and, and, and warmth and I'm always slightly gutted that we never cross paths we you know you, you did Glasgow to Edinburgh and I did the year before yeah. annoyingly yeah. so we kind of uh, we never had the opportunity to, to to meet in a race, but you do have this that yeah, just a wonderful warmth and positivity and great mindset. Um, so as we come to kind of come to a close, and thankfully we've still got people joining us, um, <laughs> we're, we're kind of coming to an end of lockdown as well. How has lockdown been for you? Kind of has it changed much for your life? Is him who has been must be obeyed? Is he about more, or are you both? Kind oh, of. He works from home. Absolute nightmare. No, no he's, <laughs> he's always worked from home, so it's all right. I'm actually in his office now. My office is the kitchen, uh, just because that's where I, I, I like to sort of be, and he's in here. So, no, do you know, it's been all right. I think the first lockdown, um, you know, as, as runners, as, you know, the sort of the things that we do, one of the things that it's taught us is actually to be quite adaptable. So, you know, if when a situation like the pandemic comes, when all the races are cancelled, I mean, look, look at all the amazing things that people have done. You know, it's just quite extraordinary what, what you can do. Um, so, yeah, for me, nothing really changed. I mean, you know, it did change, obviously, but I sort of made the most of it. Um, I did have moments when, um, I mean, I did have a complete meltdown, I think, when at one stage they said, well, the pandemic could go on till May. And at that stage, I just thought, oh, I just can't, I can't cope with this now. <laughs> you know, I'm missing seeing my kids. I'm missing seeing my grandchildren. Um, so I did burst into tears and I went and met a friend for a walk, actually, socially distanced. I hate the way we have to say that. <laughs> um, you know, and, and that actually, that was really lovely. You know, when people say you do the walking and talking, uh, you know, and actually that was the first time that I really realised how much that actually does help and how much that works and that's uh, that, that's been fantastic so um but yeah it's been all right actually um you know i go off on on, on sylvia and uh, do a, a cycle or i go off on pebbles and do a bit of graveling i'm trying to learn how to gravel now I'm not very good at it because i've never mountain biked so i'm a bit sort of <laughs> you know certainly it's been all right and i have been thrilled can i just say that the pools have been shut absolutely thrilled i'm sorry but i just have been really pleased not good for the children but for me it's been just total heaven because i haven't had to swim which i wanted to kind of just close and kind of find a question so with what, what, what what's next i mean you know it doesn't sound like it's swimming the channel there and back oh, or anything no. <laughs> has not no. become a love it's just become a no. i'll do it what about no, saying cross europe I'm, or? I'm, sure, I'm sure i'll get to i'm sure i'll get to love it no i've got um, an event called uh, chase the sun 
uh, in June. So it's the longest weekend where um, you start on the uh, east coast, so Sheerness, and you cycle 204 miles uh, to the west coast. And it's you're basically trying to you start at sunrise and you finish hopefully <laughs> at sunset. Um, but it's a journey, not a race. So I quite like that one. And then next year, I'm quite excited, actually, because I'm taking part in the rat race, sort of the, um, they've got a pilot, uh, test pilot thing, where I am doing the Trans-Andean. So I'm literally going across the Andes from wow. yeah, wow. West Coast. I yeah, know. Now that is going to be, go through the wine region. <gasps> go the do, do, you need, do you need crew? Do you need a crew? <laughs> oh, yeah, I did say, how do we kind of, you know, pitch ourselves as crew to come on one of your adventures? <laughs> I can change. I can. Therapist. Yeah, I, I, I'm, got a lawyer. Yeah, I used to be a mountain bike tutor, so I know how to fix bikes. I can change a chain. I can fix the chain. I can. Oh, well, there you go. You do, see, do a oh, better mind actually. <laughs> I can fix teeth after mountain bike incidents. That's mine. Well, yeah, that's not. <laughs> so, so I'm really looking forward to that, and I'm 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 trying to organise a big adventure which i'm not going to sort of really sort of talk because about because that's it. not big enough <laughs> we were going to try and do it with another girl um a lovely welsh lady and we were going to do it this year and towards the end of this year but actually i think with everything going on and not knowing really you know time scales and what's going to happen do you know i think it's much easier probably to do it next year um but that's a biggie so that uh that'd be exciting <laughs> what two weeks off washing <laughs> They'd be longer than that. So. Oh, two months. Two, two years. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> the things you do. If I left him for two years, I'd totally be divorced. <laughs> oh, fantastic. Brilliant. I, I mean, we could sit and chat for, for hours and hours. Maybe. And your book is, is, is brilliant. Is it on sale it's tomorrow? Fantastic. Isn't I love, it? It's yes. really honest as well. Yeah, yeah, I love that it's kind of the highs and the lows because although you have got a, such a positive mindset, you're also very honest about the times when the doubt creeps in. So yeah. I really, yeah. really enjoyed it. Yeah, I think so many athletes would appreciate, or even people who are just going through difficult times and like having to deal with different stuff, it really gives an insight of how you can overcome when things just go completely horribly wrong. Um, yeah, so. Absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> we'll and let, on that note, we'll let you swear. <laughs> Sorry, it's that swear word. Well, we need, we need to go past the watershed, haven't we? Right. If we, if we yeah. On this one. yeah, but your book's out tomorrow, I think, isn't it? The big launch day. Yeah. Big launch oh, day tomorrow. I know. Yeah. Are you going to be standing out outside of closed water stones, kind of holding it up? Are we going to see a picture on oh, social media? Sadly not. Oh, no, you're going to get me all over social media tomorrow. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I've, I've been over social media today, so people are going to look at it. That's so boring, Mimi. We saw that yesterday. Yeah, and you'll see it again today. <laughs> and they can follow you on Twitter. You are on Twitter, Instagram, and you've got a Facebook page as well, so they can kind of yeah. find you over there. I think we've put a link down below on the... Um, our YouTube page for kind of to be able to buy the book from a certain site, which yeah, yeah we shan't mention. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? Uh, <laughs> there are, yeah, there are other books. Or you can just go on Google, type in the yeah. book title, and then order it from another. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, the picture of you holding. It, will there be an audio version as well? Because I know a lot of people like listening oh, yes. to books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, apparently, yes. Yeah, so my uh, Beyond Impossible is um, out on audio. And actually, my son listened to it the other day. And he said, Mum, that's really weird. 
because hearing another woman talking, you know, as if they're you, he said, I just can't cope with that one at all. Um, but other people won't have that problem. Um, yes, and this the, uh, Limitless is in the process of being turned into an audio book. Uh, so, did you yeah, not get opportunity? Fun. Have you not been offered the opportunity to do it yourself? Because it would be great to hear your voice can doing. You, can you imagine? <laughs> the swear words that would go in. <laughs> would just be brilliant. <laughs> No, I don't think I'd be very good at that. No, I, I don't think people would like my accent very much. They'd probably think I'd be too too uh, plummy or something. So I, don't <laughs> I don't know. When's a lot of audio book quite RP on it. Anyway, look, we're going off tangent already. <laughs> this has uh, been brilliant. Look, yeah, thank, thank you, you so, so much, much for your time. Is, uh, maybe him who must be away must be waiting for his cup of tea or something. And, um, He's waiting for his supper. <laughs> oh my goodness me it's gonna it's not burnt in the oven i hope um but no. thank you so much for joining us uh, this evening Mimi. it's been fantastic chatting to you it's great to have you on as our guest this week and um we look forward to seeing what adventures you get up to when we come out of lockdown and following on social media um Thank you so much for yeah, joining us, you. Mimi. No, thank you for having me. It was fab. Oh, you're more than welcome. Fantastic. Oh, brilliant. Well, oh, I keep my jaws open from smiling and laughing too much. Brilliant. Well, thank you for all of those who have joined us live tonight on YouTube and um, giving us some comments and enjoying the interview with Mimi in the air. And what an amazing story to tell as she is and what a great mindset and how encouraging hearing her stories ever coming. Uh, her misadventures running across America. If you've been listening to us uh, on podcast and you like what you've listened to, drop us a review as well. Kind of uh, always helps the ratings. And if you're watching on YouTube, click subscribe. Um, then you'll be updated wherever videos Claire's posting and our next interview. And we are back live next Wednesday, half past six. We are, yeah. Brilliant. Have a good week, everybody. And we'll see you <laughs> next week. Take care. Bye. Hi, it's Claire here. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. These live chats take place every Wednesday evening at 6.30pm UK time on World Ginger Running YouTube channel. And the link is in the show notes. I just wanted to let you know that you can find this and loads more advice and inspiration and gear tests all about trail and ultra running on my YouTube channel, Wild Ginger Running. There are training tips, advice from elite athletes, top coaches, nutritious recipes, key exercises, injury prevention information, and tons of trail kit reviewed from running packs to poles, waterproofs to head torches, GPS watches, and shoes, 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 and did I mention shoes? I've been going for a few years now, so there's a huge archive of content to help you out with your trail and ultra running. To quickly and easily find the information you need, simply type your query into the Google search box and then write wild ginger running after it. Then Google will show you whatever blog posts or films I have on that topic. Give it a try. And if you appreciate listening and all the information I share on YouTube, you're also very welcome to support me on Patreon, which gets you some additional excellent perks and the chance to win some awesome prizes. For as little as the price of a cup of coffee every month, patrons get discounts, extra films, access to the exclusive Facebook and Strava groups, the chance to ask questions to every live chat guest, plus automatic entry into my monthly competition to win £400 worth of trail and ultra running gear. There are only about 150 patrons, so the odds on a win are way better than the lottery. Interested? Find me at patreon.com slash wildgingerrunning. Thanks for listening, guys. Have fun, enjoy your run, and I'll see you on the trails.